Hello and welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. My name is Austin Green. This week in the BCL, Nizhny Novgorod handed Tenerife their first loss of the season. Manresa shattered the assist record and Anvil beat Rastafecta in a shootout. Here to talk about all of that and much more with me is David Hein over in Germany. Dave, how you doing this week? And then there were none. Last undefeated team goes down and and Tyrone gives up 100 points. Nothing new, right? Yeah, actually, I think 121 uh, Tarun gave up as their defense continues to struggle. And Tenerife, unbeaten no more, but they are still the only team in the competition with just one loss. So pretty uh, impressive stuff. We'll talk about that game a little bit more later. Also joining us on this week's show is Jordan Theodore, the MVP from the first season of the Basketball Champions League a few years ago when he was with Banvit. Now he's playing for Besiktas. They got an important win this week, beating Pauk in Istanbul. We talked to Jordan about that game, uh, his experience in the BCL over the past few years, and a lot more. So stay tuned for that later. Jordan is is a great interview. It was a lot of fun talking to him. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And of course, Make sure you go to the official website, championsleague.basketball, for all of the highlights and stats and news and analysis that you need to follow the BCL. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BasketballCL and subscribe to LiveBasketball.tv to watch all of these games live or on demand. All right, Dave, let's jump in with the team of the week for Game Day 8. Let's start off with Adrian Banks from Brindisi, 22 points, 6 assists for Banks as Brindisi picked up an important win over Neptunus. Ricky Ledeau was phenomenal for Anvil. He had 27 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists as they took down Rastafecta. Tayshawn Thomas, 18 points, 9 rebounds, 73% shooting from the field for Hapoel Jerusalem as they beat Bandirma. Mustafa Fall for Turk Telecom, 15 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists for one of the better teams in Group A as they got the big win over Halone. And the MVP this week, Brandon Brown from Nizhny Novgorod, 26 points, 5 assists, 4 steals, and some clutch shooting as he led Nizhny to the win over Tenerife in Russia. Uh, Dave, what do you think about the team of the week and anybody else who deserves a shout out this week? Yeah, I mean, uh, Brandon, obviously the MVP is uh, pretty uh, pretty easy with uh, with Brett, with uh, Nizhny taking down um, taking down Tenerife, uh, but everybody else, yeah, I mean, totally deserve their spots. Actually, Thomas and Fall, their teammates could have said, "Hey, man, uh, what about me on the team?" Uh, with RJ Hunter scoring twenty four points for Turk Telecom, and then James Feldine. Uh, with um, I believe he had twenty seven, yeah, twenty twenty seven yeah. with with seven three pointers, a very uh, a very uh, a very James Feldine like performance. Uh, but uh, yeah, no problem giving uh, Fall and Thomas. Uh, obviously, Thomas is one of my man crushes. So uh, yeah, good 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 grouping of five for sure. Yeah, a couple other guys I I could see getting in the mix there. Uh, John Brown from Brindisi, his teammate Adrian Banks made it, but Brown was pretty big as well in that game with 19 points and 11 rebounds. And Wojtek Ruban from Nimburg had 20 points in a road win at Bomberg. So that's pretty impressive as well. But yeah, no, no problems with the team of the week this week. Get it down now with Shimon Thompson. Another turnover now. Six Strasbourg. It's a three on two with Shrub. Scotty Reynolds. Gabe York with the throwdown in transition. All right, let's jump in to the group by group breakdowns, starting it off with group A. And I want to start with Strasbourg getting the 71-64 win on the road at Ostend. This was a very important game as both teams were 3-4 and four entering the game day. Strasbourg get the win and take fourth place as of right now in Group A. So a crucial win for them. The difference in this game was in the fourth quarter where Strasbourg outscored Ostend by 9 points. 
21 turnovers in the game for Osten, and they really struggled to execute in the fourth quarter. There was about a seven-minute stretch where they didn't score a field goal as Strasbourg were able to shut them down, force some turnovers. Siobhan Thompson had a double-double. He was great once again, but he also had seven turnovers in this game, and I think at least three of those came in the fourth quarter. And shout-out to Scotty Reynolds from Strasbourg. 10 of his 13 points came in the fourth quarter as he helped the French side go to the win. Gabe York also hit some really big shots. Um, Dave, you've, we've mentioned in past weeks, you kept your Strasbourg stock. You didn't panic when they were struggling earlier in the season. Seems like that's starting to pay off for you now as they're uh, building some chemistry and have now won back-to-back games in the BCL. Uh, yeah. Um, and liking them actually more and more. Um you know, you mentioned the 21 turnovers, and they were able to turn those into 24 points off those turnovers. And so it's always good to get easy points, especially when you're playing against a team like Ostend, who could, who, you know, is pretty much, um, you know, they're they're able to keep this keep the the score kind of tight. Um, you know, you look at Ostend, they're three and five, three and one at home, zero oh and four on the road. And, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the keys when you have young teams, anyhow, uh, um, to get road wins. And then if you have a young team, uh, guys like Scylla and, and Fenderfirst, you know, both, uh, you know, 2001 born. So, you know, really still just babies in the game, um, uh, to get those road wins. Um, one, one note and, and, um, with about five minutes left, uh, and Zuli sort of bowled into, uh, Jeray Grant, um, who kind of hit, hit his body into Grant's head, and he was down on the ground a while, and and you know it's it's sort of a a concussion type uh, scenario. You know you could see you know some sort of um, you know he, you know head trauma. Hopefully nothing. He didn't come back into the game in the final five minutes, uh, so that's something to kind of watch out for. Hopefully nothing serious happened because it it, it looked kind of scary. There wasn't a really clean uh, angle on it, uh, but uh, just one note to to watch out. Hopefully everything's okay with Jerry Grant. Yeah, absolutely. Dre Grant, one of the best big men in the competition. Strasbourg will definitely need him going forward, so hopefully he's okay. Elsewhere in this group, Manresa beat Torun 121-102 to on the road. Sasari also picked up a win on the road, beating Leet Cabellus 86-82, and Turk Telecom took care of business at home. They beat Halone 85-71. to Dave, any other notes on Group A? Uh... You know, Tyrone, you know, they gave up the 121, uh, I guess, uh, you know, a, a, a minor uh, bright light in this is uh, Damian Kulik was able to come back. He scored 11 points uh, in, in 19 minutes. Uh, so, you know, obviously one of your main leaders. So that's good to have him ha- have him back in the mix. Um, otherwise, you know, but, uh, Turk Telecom, you know, the, the, the win over Halone, uh, 39 to 17 on the bench point, bench point. So that kind of just, sh- you know, they were able to kind of, uh, use their, their longer, their longer rotation to, uh, to get the win, in, in over Halone. And, and actually just really quick, you know, hats off to, uh, to Leet Cabellus, uh, for, for really, um, you know, giving Cesaria a real, a real, uh, a real tough, uh, tough fight there. Um, you know, just, you know, losing by four points and, you know, that, and they had the, they were down by a lot and came back and, you know, uh, so, you know, hats off to them. I know, you know, a loss is never, a never, never good thing, but, you know, at least they showed that they can play, uh, with one of the, one of the top teams uh, in that group. And, and, you know, they had one three in a row. They've thrown it away again. And Tony Roten can come down, goes coast to coast, makes the two and one. Moving on to Group B, I want to start it off with Anvil beating Rastafecta 103 to 92. These are two of my favorite teams to watch in the competition. I love the high-flying offenses, the fast pace, 
Ricky Lado was phenomenal in this game. I mentioned him in the team of the week with 27, 8, and 7. He did a great job of attacking the rim, scoring for himself, but also feeding his teammates. I, th- I think he's more well-known as a scorer, but he had some great passes in this game as well. Credit to Igor Milicic bringing Tony Roten off the bench. So either Lado or Roten were on the court at all times, and those guys are just an absolute handful to deal with. They were great in this game as well. Fecta, they had a lot of turnovers in this game. Uh, A lot of them were just stepping out of bounds, throwing bad passes. That really hurt them, as well as Chase Simon for Anvil with 11 points in the third quarter alone, uh, helping Anvil get the win. Uh, Dave, what were your thoughts on this one with the uh, the German side? You know, Steve Vistoria was really good. Ish Wainwright was great, uh, but he, he ended up fouling out late in this game. Uh, what were your thoughts on the Polish club beating Fecta in this one? Yeah, just forcing too many turnovers. I mean, 20 turnovers, it's hard to, to, to win a game if you turn it, turn it over that many times. Uh, with Lodo, Simon, and Roten, uh, 70 points combined, uh, shooting 56, 56% from the field and 9 of 21, 43% from three-point range, plus 15 rebounds. This is all combined. 15 rebounds, 10 assists, and 5 steals for the game. So, you know, really a, 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 a fantastic mix there. And, and you know, that the, the acquisition of Sean Jones gives them, um, you know, sort of this force um, you know, or, or, or a strong presence, not necessarily a force, but at least a strong presence down low when you have all those amazing guards and wings. Um, you know, you mentioned this is one of your favorite teams and, and, uh, and, and for anybody who is a neutral observer, you know, take Anvil as a team to watch because they're, they're so much fun. Yeah, I would love to see this team in the playoffs. Uh, there's, I think there's five really good teams in Group B, so somebody uh, who's, who is very good is going to miss the playoffs. But a huge win for Anvil. They now have a 4-4 four and four record tied with Rastafecta, who are still a spot ahead of them, though, in the standings. Elsewhere in this group, Jerusalem beat Bandirma 83-72. to Burgos win on the road at Antwerp 65-60, to and Ike also win on the road, beating Poe beating Poe Ortez 79 to 67. Dave, any other thoughts on group B? Uh, not really. Just one, uh, that, uh, and for Burgos game was kind of tough to watch. 28.6% field goal percentage for Antwerp and just 38% for, for Burgos. Burgos didn't have, uh, uh Vitor Benite. Um, just a slug, just a, a you know, grind it out, you know, slug fest, not many points. Um, but on the road, you know, and, and that's, that's also a characteristic of a team, you know, that's, you know, is to, is to be able to go into a, t- go into, go on the road and, and win an ugly game. And, and they were able to do that without one of their top leaders, too. Okay, moving on to Group C. Let's start with Nizhny Novgorod beating previously undefeated Tenerife 75-72. to No Marcelino Huertas in this game for Tenerife, so an asterisk on this one as they were without their leader and the uh, assist leader in the BCL this season. So big loss for them not having Huertas. Georgie Shermadini was completely dominant early in the game for Tenerife, doing what he has done all season. First quarter alone, he had eight points, four rebounds, and three assists as Tenerife looked excellent in the first quarter. But Nizhny, very resilient, great job weathering that early storm from Tenerife and fighting their way back into the game. Uh, They shot the ball incredibly well from the three-point line. They made eight of their first nine three-pointers. That certainly helps when you're trying to take down an undefeated team. And we mentioned Brandon Brown as the MVP of the week, but I thought the Nizhny role players were very good as well. Artem Komalov had four three-pointers. He was clutch. Anton Estepkovich had 12 points. Daryl Willis, 11 points and nine rebounds. And... Even a guy like Alexander Vinik, who only played 12 minutes, he had one point and five fouls, but I thought he played really good defense on Georgie Shermadini. He was very physical with him, pushed him away from the paint, and uh, kept him from getting uh, the, the early production that he had to start the game. So the role players really stepped up for Nizhny. For Tenerife, rough game for Alex Lopez stepping in uh, for Huertas. He did have 13 points and nine assists, but he had five turnovers. And also Tenerife in this game, 
two unsportsmanlike fouls and a technical foul on head coach Tuz Vitoretta. That really hurts in a game that they only lost by three points. Uh, Dave, what, what were your thoughts on the Russian club knocking off Tenerife? You you said uh, without their leader, and it showed. Um, you know, and 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 it wasn't just Huertas who wasn't there. Atkins didn't play. Lundberg didn't play. Um, and Lundberg had been really, really good the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, two weeks ago, I said I called Tenerife out as one of the worst three-point shooting teams, and then they slapped me in the face. And said, "Here's here's your like forty-five percent or whatever it was last week on threes. And then they come back. Okay, this probably also has to do with not having your the assist leader and your leader in general, Huertas. But they go and shoot twenty-four percent, just seven of twenty-nine. Uh, from three point range and the 11 of 21, you mentioned the threes, uh, 52% for, for Nizhny. And, um, you know, this is a, I'm, I would, I'm not going to call them soft, but, you know, sort of a finesse, finesse, finesse type team, Tenerife. And if you're physical, you know, they're not going to like it, which, which was one of the reasons why we both really loved the addition of Kanote, you know, because it gives you like this physical athletic guy, um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, okay, the asterisks, you know, definitely can be given, uh, for sure. Um, but you know, you, you, you also do have to see there, you know, they, they did shoot well, the ball, uh, last week from three point range, but then they go back and only shoot 24% again without Huertas. But that is a, a trait that this team has shown last week. Was it the exception or was it the rule? You know, so, um, yeah, so that that's probably the biggest concern if you're a, if you're a Tenerife fan, um, you know, to shoot twenty four percent from three point range, and look, you lose it by three points. If you shoot twenty nine percent, you you know could win the game. Yeah, Tenerife right now only twenty seven percent from the three point line on the season, so they'll definitely need to clean that up as we go into the second half of the regular season and into the playoffs. Elsewhere in Group C, Nimburg with a big win on the road, beating Bomberg 84-80. Peristeri beat Gaziantep 87-79. And Mornarbar, second win in a row, they beat Riga 106-99. Dave, any final thoughts on Group C? Uh, Nimburg, uh, Yarmir Bocek didn't play, um, but I saw that he actually played on uh, December 11th, so a couple of days ago in the league. Um, I also saw somewhere that he was sick, so maybe he missed the game because missed the bumper game because he was sick. Um, and Mornar, uh, two wins in a row, and um, they turned 16 turnovers into 30 points off turnovers. Um, so that was that was pretty impressive. You know, also congrats to you know you have to tip your hat to to Favriga for coming back. They were down by nineteen points and and went to overtime, but now seven seven losses in a row and and Mornar, um, you know, uh, is uh, is ahead of them in the standings. So that's what I got. Oh, and Peristeri now two and zero under a new coach. So misses the first and they need to foul. They get it back. For the three! Oh, it's good! The three is good! Marco Filippone! All right, in the last group, Group D, let's start it off with Falco Zambate beating Dijon 82-81 to in overtime. This was a back-and-forth game in the fourth quarter, uh, but Dijon should have won this game. They were up by two points with a minute and 23 seconds left. They called timeout, and they... Ended up with a shot clock violation, but it was a controversial call. David Holston banked in a three-pointer. It looked like, to me, I thought it left his hands uh, just in time with 0.1 seconds left on the shot clock. They ended up calling it a shot clock violation, uh, and I, I think Dijon still should have won the game, but they didn't execute down the stretch. Jeremy Leloup had an air ball, and uh, in, it went into overtime. In overtime, rough go for Alexander Chasong for Dijon. He had a couple turnovers and then uh, fouled Zoltan Pearl with about eight seconds left, and Dijon had a three-point lead. Pearl made the first free throw, missed the second. Chasong got the rebound. Pearl stole the ball from him, kicked it out to Marco Filipovity, who hit the big three-pointer to give Falco the lead and... Uh, Dijon could not 
capitalize on their final chance with a few seconds left with Leloup missing another three. Uh, Dave, Falco now 4-0 at home. Dijon, uh, another loss for them. Uh, this is a, a Dijon team that they got out to a hot start. You were skeptical about them. They've now lost three of their last four. Uh, how did you see this game in Hungary? Uh, 4-0 at home, 0-4 on the road. So that just goes to uh, for, for Falco. Um, yeah, you mentioned three, three of the last four they've lost. Um, Igor Jerkovic, uh, going into the week, still had him at fourth in the power rankings. Um, I've been selling their stock and, 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 and I'm going to, I'm going to keep on, uh, keep on telling people to sell it. Um, you know, they've, they're three and two in the French league against top eight teams, three and two and, uh, seven and one. So they're 10 and three in the league, but seven and one. Uh, against the the bottom half of the league, including a home loss at 16th place, Rouen. Um, so yeah, it's 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 just a team that 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 okay. I, there's there's parts of it that I like. You know, obviously I love Holston, but um, and and I like uh, Ulmer. You know, he's he's played in Germ- in Germany in the past, and and obviously we had uh, Julian uh, on as well, but. Uh, I've never really bought them. They, their hot streak at the early, uh, you know, early on the season was also, you know, very home, uh, friendly on the schedule. Um, so it's, you know, I'm, I'm, it's not about being right or anything. It's, it's still a, a, a concern for me. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, th- this is a game that they should have gone to Hungary and won that game, you know, uh, okay. There's the fortress in the building. <laughs> How awesome is that? Uh, for for the for Love television, it. right? <laughs> um, but that's a game they should win, and uh, they they ended up not being able to do it, um, and uh, and and so I, I'm still, you know, uh, it, it takes a lot for me to 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 get onto a team and and also to to get off of a team, and and I'm still I'm still not uh, I'm still not close to getting onto this team yet. Although, like I said, there are parts that I do like on. All right, and the rest of Group D, Besiktas with an important win, beating Pauk 98-83. to Brindisi beat Neptunus 96-82, to and Bonn win on the road at Zaragoza 77-72. to Dave, any final notes on Group D? Um, Adam Smith, uh, what happened? Um, he came into the, 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 the last three games, he had scored 26.7 points. Uh, only played 23 minutes, one of seven shots, six points. Um, Besiktas, big win. Uh, and, you know, they did it without James McAdoo, which is uh, a pretty, uh, pretty important, important one there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's also a huge, um, a huge start to the second half by Todrick uh, Gotcher hitting four threes on four straight possessions to kind of, uh, you know, you know, ruin any hopes that Palk had of maybe going uh, to Istanbul and grabbing a home victory, a uh, road victory. All right. So that's it for the group by group breakdowns. Time for overtime. Five topics from around the league. Let's start it off with stat of the week. My stat of the week, 41 assists for Manresa as they shatter the single game assist record going up against Torun in that porous defense. Uh, the previous assist record was 34. So Manresa just absolutely destroyed that one. Uh, Dave, what's your stat of the week? I have fifty six point uh fifty six percent. That's Saragossa's free throw percentage. Fifteen of twenty seven, uh, in a five point home loss to Bonn. Uh, Twelve missed free throws in a in a home game where you lose by five points. So that's what I got. Yeah, tough situation there. Next up, surprise of the week. Uh, Dave, what was your surprise this week? Uh, I'm gonna go with Mornar. Uh, you know, Fev is a team that. Uh, you know that uh, had been uh, had been you know on the, on the edge of winning games. Mornar, you could say the same thing, but you know I, I still think that you know okay there was also the a bit of bit a little bit of revenge uh, for Mornar getting uh, getting beaten by by Riga, but for for me it was still uh, you know Mornar getting that second victory because uh, I thought Fev would would be able to get in there and and grab the um, and grab the uh, the road victory. 
Yeah, my surprise of the week, I'm going with Ballon beating Zaragoza on the road. You mentioned the poor free throw shooting numbers for Zaragoza. That certainly hurt them. But Zaragoza, 9-3 and three in the ACB with some big wins, including victories over uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona. Bonn only 2-7 and seven in the German League, but they're looking much better in the BCL. Uh, still, I thought Zaragoza would, would be able to win that game at home, but a big win for the German club for my surprise of the week. Next up, the best group in the competition. I'll go first with this one. I, I think... I think there's a clear separation between two of them, uh, but I, I, I'm going to go with Group B as the best group in the competition. I think you have a couple teams that you could consider title favorites with Hapoel Jerusalem and Ike. I think Burgos uh, is just kind of a, a tier below that, but they're very good as well. And then you've got Rastafecta and Anvil. Uh, you know, in in theory, one of those two teams is going to miss the playoffs, and I think both of those teams are are really dangerous. Uh, so I'm going with Group B as my best group. Uh, Dave, what do you got for this one? I took best group and actually twisted the meaning best group to watch, and I picked Group D because it's total chaos. <laughs> uh, Two, five, and three teams, four, four, and four teams, and two, three, and five teams. Um, whenever you have, uh, you know, tie breaks and stuff, uh, big games are, uh, uh, are, are super key uh, as far as avoiding, uh, getting vi- big victories or, or, or big loss or avoiding big losses. Six wins in this group have been uh, by 21 points or more. Uh, Falco with two of them. Uh, Dijon has a has a has a has a big thirty three point win um, at Besiktas, um, and also has a uh, um, a twenty one point win at home over Falco. Um, so, just f- in that regard, the best group to watch in my eyes, just because it's total chaos and everybody is still in it. Group D. All right, next topic: the worst group. Uh, for me, I think it's Group C. I think you know we have three teams that are uh, really struggling right now. Mornar, Gaziantep, and Vefriga all have uh, one or two wins in the competition. I haven't been impressed at all with Bomberg. They're four and four. Peristeri, they're okay at five and three. And then at the top of the group, uh, it obviously gets better with Tenerife, Nimberg, and Nizhny. But I'm going with Group C as my worst group. Uh, Dave, what do you have? I'm going to go Group D. So it's the best group and the worst group. Um, <laughs> okay. Because because I could see none of these teams reaching the quarterfinals. That's the way. That's why I picked the the worst group. I I can take. I I could see any team winning this any winning this group losing to the number four of any of the other uh, of the uh, any of the other four uh, of the other three groups. Um, so it wouldn't shock me if there's zero teams from group D in the quarterfinals. Yeah, absolutely. And the last topic, bold prediction. I'll go first for this one. Sticking with group D, I'm going to say Falco Zambate will make the playoffs (laughs) right now. They are in sixth place in the group, but they are tied with three other teams at four and four. You mentioned they're four and oh at home with an average margin of victory of 16.7 points on their home court in the fortress. So they're very good there in Hungary. And three of their final six games are at home. So I think they they win those three. They'll steal one on the road. Uh, and, and I think Falco make the playoffs in Group D uh, for a, a big, big victory for Hungarian basketball. They, uh, what's your bold prediction? They need, they need to get a road victory for sure, at least one. And they, they would be best served to get in a three-way tie with Bond because they have a 32-point win over, over Bond. So that would help them hugely in the, uh, in the, um, in a tie break. I'm going to say, um, Manresa, Turk Telecom, and and Cesare are are all um, six and two, uh, but I'm going to say Strasbourg win the group at four and four. Um, Strasbourg have a a eighteen point win uh, over Manresa, and they have a twenty three point loss um, at Cesare. Uh, but they ha- they play at at uh, Manresa and at Halon, and then like I mentioned, I think I mentioned last week, they're at home against Cesare and at home against Turk Telecom. Um, 
this team is, uh, you know, you mentioned Scotty Reynolds, and since he's come, uh, they have just they're they're three and one in the French league and two and zero in the BCL, and they did lose last week uh, against Nanterre, but they had won six in a row. And both of their last two wins in the BCL have been road games, and four of those six games in that winning streak were on the road. Um, so this is a team that is showing uh, that they can go on the road and, and get victories, and obviously that's good, that's huge uh, in this competition. And then, okay, they're at home against Tyrone, but in two weeks, uh, in in two game days, they're at Manresa. And and uh, they already have an eighteen point victory over Manresa, so I'm thinking that if they can if they can win their uh, the rest of their if they can win their road games, which are Halone, Manresa, Halone, and and Lee Cabellas, that they have a chance of of uh, getting in a three way tie with one of those teams, and that they would then ha- have the advantage. So I'm going to go bold and say Strasbourg, not selling their I'm not selling at all. I'm buying everybody's stock. And saying they're going to win the group. All right. Dave is driving the Strasbourg bandwagon all the way to the playoffs. That's it for overtime. Coming up next, we have our interview with Jordan Theodore, the great point guard for Besiktas. Dave and I will catch you on the other side of the interview to preview game day nine and wrap things up. seconds to try and win it here. A place in the final four on the line. Jordan Theodore puts it in off the glass. What a play from their main man. Okay, so on the show this week, we have Jordan Theodore of Besiktas uh, Sampa Sigorta. Uh, Jordan, thanks for uh, taking some time. No problem. I uh, appreciate you guys having me. Um, so you, uh, we want to have you on. Uh, Besiktas uh, got the victory uh, 98-83 over Pauk. Uh, maybe just uh, kind of talk about the the keys to to getting that uh, W. Oh, the, well, the the keys was just defense, man. I think uh, you know we've been struggling this season. You know, a lot of new players trying to build our chemistry and keep it intact. You know, uh, I think uh, to that game, you know, we the, 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 it was a much needed victory for us to just to stay alive in the group. You know, I think now we're in fourth place and we have some, some key games coming up. But for that game, it was all defense. And that, and that's how we got the victory. Uh, speaking of defense, you know, last week you gave up um, 98 to Dijon uh, on your home court. Um, and you guys only scored uh, 65. Was this kind of the game that you guys wanted uh, answer-wise after giving up 98 uh, in front of the home fans? Yeah, Definitely. I mean, I think we wanted to come out, set the tone, and show people that, uh, you know, we're not this bad of a team. We had a debacle last week, man, just giving up 33 points in, in 10 minutes. You know, that's that's, that's never good. Uh, and I feel like, you know, we got embarrassed, you know. And when you get embarrassed on your home floor, I mean, you, you, you tend to take it personal. And I think that's what we did. And I think you'll see a different team moving forward. Yeah, Jordan, you were only two rebounds short of a triple-double in this game. Uh, did you know that you were that close during the game? And have you ever had a triple-double before? I've had triple-doubles, but I don't, I'm not, I, I've never had one as a professional. I've had some uh, in, in school, you know, in, uh, in growing up, but not as a professional. But I kind of felt it, like, going as the game was going. I was like, man, I need to get this triple-double. <laughs> <laughs> but as the as, as the uh, second half started to slow down, you know, the fourth quarter, a lot of things happened in the fourth quarter. There wasn't as many shot attempts as the game was going on, you know. Uh, but I didn't. Uh, it, it wasn't like a, a goal, like oh, I need to get it, I need to get it. I was, I just wanted to win the game. Right. Yeah. Like kind of get get the W, and then if you get the triple double, that's just gravy. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so another guy on your uh, Shaquille McKissick, he's having a huge year, and uh, he scored 24 against Pauk. Uh, what does he bring to the club? Well, he brings a lot of energy, athleticism, hustle. I mean, Shaq is a great guy. He's he's one of he's our leading scorer, you know. Uh, and uh, he's man, he's been 
you know, at, at, at some parts of this season, man, he's been, you know, the uh, the only consistent guy. You know, I've been up and down. A lot of people have been up and down, but he's been consistently scoring the basketball for us, and he's been great. I mean, I can't say enough about him. You know, I just uh, I just want him to keep keep going, keep playing well. You know, you know, he brings a lot of heart to our team. Yeah, for sure. And, and this is your fourth season in Turkey. Uh, we we know you have a Turkish wife as well. Uh, what what are some of your favorite yeah. aspects of the country and just kind of the the Turkish lifestyle and the culture there? Well, for me, you know, it's 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 a, it's very relaxing and laid back. You know, I'm a real uh, relaxed and laid back person. I don't really do much, but I, I just you know I, I sit back with my wife. We go out, we drink tea, <laughs> we eat, we, we, we eat. I, I love the. I love Magimix uh, Choba. I love uh, the I love the butter rice they have here. I mean, but as far as all the aspects that comes with living in Turkey, man, it's just a great place. The people are wonderful. You know, the the way of life is, is so much different than uh, growing up in the states. You know, so much different. Everything in the states seems like a fast pace and moving so fast, but here, everything is is slow and, and everybody takes their time and you just relaxed and that's just who I can be. Uh, you've played now Turkey, France, Italy, uh, Germany, and Greece. You know, there's a, uh, you know, those countries are, are pretty well known for their fan support uh, of basketball. What are your, what are your favorite aspects of the European game? I mean, you know, the European game is, it's great. You know, it has some ups and downs for me. You know, uh, I, 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 every country is different. And I've had the opportunity to play in multiple countries, so I've got to see, you know, d- different styles of play and uh, understand different cultures and, you know, meet, meet new people, try different foods. So that, you know, that's always fun. But, uh, I mean, European play is, to me, is, is some of the toughest, and it's some of the toughest basketball that you'll ever see in, in the world because, you know, it's it's not uh, it, it, there's no there's no defensive three in the key. You know, you don't you don't have to. The paint's not wide open. So like like when I describe European basketball, I call it advanced college. You got professional athletes, you know, who who are able to play a college style of play. You, you understand that? That's how I look at uh, European basketball. I'm not saying that European basketball is college ball. No, not at all. But some of the rules are similar, you know, and uh, and I think it's it's tough. I mean, I think you know having a, having an NBA guy come to Europe to try and do what we do, I think it's tough for them because they're not used to this. You know, for them it's a whole different way of life to to play this game. And I'm just happy I've I've been able to adjust the right way over the years. Uh, speaking of adjustment, uh, your first season as a professional was in Turkey and Italia. Um, you had Ron Lewis as a teammate. Uh, I saw an interview where you said he was yeah. a he was a, a real big help for you uh, in that adjustment. He had played in Belgium and Israel and, and Czech. Uh, maybe maybe how do you look back on that year that you had with with Lewis and how he helped you? Ron is uh, an unbelievable person, man. He's a he's a great father. You know, he's just a great—he's just a great role model and a great person to uh, to to have on your team. You know, I know I believe he's still playing in France right now, doing his thing, still being able to put up twenty. You know, uh, but he taught me a lot, man. He taught me. He taught because you know when when I first came over, came to Europe, you know everything is new. You know, I'm, I'm coming from a school where you have strength coaches, you you have somebody to stretch you, tape your ankles, and do all that. You know, when I got to Italia, it was like, a, it was a whole shock, man. I had never been to Europe. My phone charged, my phone didn't work. <laughs> I, I, could, I didn't have anything to charge my phone. Uh, I didn't know where to get, where to eat. I didn't know, hey, fellas, I didn't know anything. So, and, and you know, another thing, my, my apartment wasn't ready. So for the first month or two, I was staying with Ron. And Ron was just showing me different things on, you know, what, what, like how to take care of your body, stretching every day, stretching before practice, stretching after practice, you know, uh, little things to do in the weight room, you know, and 
you know, it's just a, a lot of things to do off the court, you know, as far as taking care of your body, eating, eating right, you know, because when you're in college, you're young, you just eat whatever. You know, you, you really basically eat whatever you can get your hands on because, you know, you're young, you're broke, you're in school. It, it is what it is. You're just finding your way. But Ron taught me so much about being a professional, and it's, it's, it, it, it has stuck with me until now. And then, and then on top of all that, you guys were losing. Um, that first season, the team finished they finished last. Merzin the next year was second to last. Then you moved to France. You had an injury and you missed almost the, the entire season. And and Bosch finished last. Um, you know how did how did you deal with with all the all that losing those first uh, first three seasons? To be honest, man, dealing with that shit was some of the hardest things I deal with in my life because. Uh, you know, when you when you uh, get called out here, uh, you know, you, I'm, a, I'm an import, so I get called to, to, to be a, a point guard and score and do whatever I'm supposed to do for the team, and you're losing games, you know, everybody looks, everybody blames you, you know, and I mean, I, I, I most, a lot of calls to my agent throughout the week just complaining and, under, and trying to figure it out and understand, like, I really don't know what to do. You know, like, we're losing all these games and I'm putting up good numbers, but we keep losing, you know. And, and I think you just, you know, you, you tend to look yourself in the mirror a lot and, and you tend to just keep working and keep working, understanding that, you know, some things are just out of your control, you know, because you can be playing well, but it's a team sport. And if your team is not, if, you, if your team is not playing well, then, you know, you can put up numbers, but it, it don't matter. You know, because you have, as a collective unit, you all have to be in sync to win these games. And for the first three years, it just, it just wasn't, it wasn't that way for me. But I could take a little bit uh, from France because France, I just, I feel like I got there too late. I, I, I arrived in the middle of the season uh, for the beginning of the second half of the season. And, you know, I think we went 500. So I always look at it as if I'm there for the, the whole season that, that's a whole different situation for us, mm-hmm. you know. But I think those three years of, of my, me being on those teams, getting regulated, helped me so much. It, it made me who I am today, roughly. Yeah, for sure. And af- after those three years, you went to Frankfurt, played for the Skyliners. Uh, there were a lot of good players on that team. Uh, Danilo Bartel and, and Johannes Voigtman when they were young, and Aaron Dornkamp, Philip Scrub, those guys. Uh, that season, you ended up winning the FIBA Europe Cup, and I've seen you say before that that, that move to Frankfurt like resurrected your career. Uh, how sweet was that that taste of success after those first few years of all those losses? It was amazing, man. To to be able to win, you know, and to, you know to, to lift that trophy, man. It was some. It was the, the most incredible feeling to me because I had worked my ass off. For so long to win to get into a situation like this where I was needed, where I could produce at, at a high level, and you know, to, to be able to win those games, you know, it was great. Uh, I got to a team that uh, who who was already put together, who had chemistry, and you know, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know. I, I wasn't even on a guaranteed contract that year for the full season. I think I had like a three month deal because of all the losing I had did before. I think they was like, well, we're going to try and see if he works, if he fits in, because, you know, that team was already built. They just swapped, were swapping out point guards every season. So, you know, uh, you know, and me and Coach had bumped heads a lot uh, that, that that season. You know, me and Gordy, man, you know, Gordy will tell you, uh, I'm, I'm probably one of his favorites because we – we didn't see eye to eye all the time, but we we had the common goal when it was on the basketball court. You know, and that was to win games, and that was to play hard for 40 minutes every night and to bring it every single day in practice. You know, but that taste of success was was everything. I, I can't tell you guys, I can't tell you guys enough, like how that how it felt to really hold that that trophy. I could still feel, I could still feel that feeling right now as we're talking about it. Yeah, that's awesome. And you've done a lot of winning since then. Uh, so you've won the FIBA Europe Cup, the Turkish Cup, the Italian League. 
the Intercontinental Cup with Ike. Uh, I've heard players say before it's kind of it's kind of like your your kids, like you can't choose which one is your favorite. Uh, but for you, do you do you have like a favorite championship or like a a, a title that was you know that uh, kind of maybe a little I mean, more sweet than the others? I think uh, you know I think you know the first one is always the sweetest, but I think after that one, after the sky, I, I would I would say the Turkish Cup. It was you know the Turkish Cup for me is like it's four it's four I think three games or four games I think it's three games in four days three games four days we played Besiktas who at the time was probably the second best team in the Turkish league uh, then we played Gala who's a Euro League team and then we played Ephesus which is Euro League team you know to win it all and I mean I think nobody I think everybody counted us out nobody Nobody thought we could go do anything. They like, oh, they ain't Turkish Cup, but they're gonna lose, you know. And we had to. And, and my mind state the whole week was this. I told my teammates, I said, listen, if we get the first one, we have to win it all because it makes no sense to stay here. Like, if we're gonna lose, then let's lose the Vegetas and we can get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Just go, 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 go. Enjoy these days off. To go enjoy these days off that we have. You know what I mean? But if we win this first game. We're winning it all because I don't want to stay here another two days. You know what I mean? Losing the semifinals, <laughs> that's some bullshit. You know? So that was like, like that was the, the mindset. And once we got the first win, because we had, because up until that point in the season, we had it beat Besitas. We had lost to them at home. And I think, I don't think, I think we lost to them all. I think we was on our way to, we had to play them again. But to that point, we lost at home. And I had sprained my ankle. So that was on my mind. Like, yo, if I didn't sprain my ankle, like, y'all got lucky. So I'm like, they got to deal with me healthy now. So I'm like, if we get this first win, and I owe y'all. So, you know what I mean? Like, that was on my mind. And I'm playing against my brother, Earl Clark. And, you know, we hang out a lot. We go to dinner, and we always talk shit to each other. So I'm like, Earl, you know you're about to get this work. <laughs> you know what I mean? But... Yeah, that was the mindset. And right now, like, yeah, that that's my sweetest one. I can't, I can't even, uh, I can't, I have, yeah, that, 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 that's the one. Because, you know, when all the odds are stacked against you, and nobody, everybody's doubting you, nobody thinks you're going to do shit, and you're able to lift the trophy. And it was, and it was Bomb's first title. Yeah, that was, that one was amazing right there. Yeah, that was a magical season with Benvit uh, going to the to the to the Champions League final too. Um, we'll we'll get to that in a, in, a, in a couple of minutes. You know, one thing you know that you know basketball fans know you know probably know that you've you know won you know those titles. But one thing they might not realize is that you've actually also played national team basketball as as well. Uh, you played for North Macedonia uh, in the FIBA Basketball World Cup uh, European pre qualifiers in 2017, uh, playing against Estonia and Kosovo. Uh, maybe what was that like uh, playing for North Ma- North Macedonia, um, who obviously they have a history with an American born American born uh, point guard with uh, Bo McCaleb. Uh, man, that was that was some some tough basketball for me. Yeah, you know I was coming off the long season with Bonded, you know, and playing forty minutes a night <laughs> for the whole season, trying to you know get my uh, rest back you know, in the off-season and then getting called to go to the national team. It was a uh, national team was, was wild and fun. I mean, I, we played against Kosovo and, you know, I'm, I'm an American, so I now have a passport and I'm going to Kosovo with, with my team and I really don't understand the hatred that these two, these two countries have for each other. So we're, we're, we're in the game and I'm getting spit on and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> yo, what's going on? Like, I, 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 I want to fight because I'm like, yo, somebody just spit on me. Like, I don't know. They like, nah, like we hate each other, you know. And I'm like, I, I get that, but it would be nice for y'all to tell me this before yeah, exactly. this situation, you know. Like, but I mean, national team basketball, man, you never know what to expect. It, it, it's a def- it's a different level of competition because you have, you know, I always I always play for myself and my and, you know my name on my back. And for the for the name that's on the front of my jersey, but I had never I didn't really understood 
you know, what it felt like to represent a country who had real hatred for another country. You know, that was something that that was something different. And I, that's one of the mostly that's one of the greatest experiences I've experienced as a pro. Uh, we like to ask our uh, our Instagram followers from the Champions League for questions, um, and one of them was uh, winner winner Kurt, Kurt two th- uh, twenty three. Who was your childhood idol? Oh, Michael Jordan, of course. He is the goat. <laughs> he is the he's the he's everything. Michael Jordan, man. I'm actually named after him. A lot of people don't know that my middle name. I have two middle names, but my name is Jordan Michael Carol Theodore. Wow. <laughs> named after Michael Jordan originally, and then my middle name is from my grandfather. Nice, that's cool. This uh, this question's from Saul R zero six zero one. He wants to know uh, who's your favorite player now, either like in Europe or NBA. Who do you like watching now? Uh, I mean, I just enjoy. I just enjoy watching the game. I really don't have a favorite player now, but I enjoy uh, just watching EuroLeague, watching Euro Cup. I have a lot of friends that play, so as long as I'm, I'm able to catch their game, and and you know, that's that's what's great to me. I can't say I have a favorite right now because you know it's so many good players. It's hard to pick one, but I just love watching basketball. Um, yeah, is is there anybody that you uh, is there anybody that you like steal from a little bit? Where you like you see a move in a game and you're you're like, ooh, that's nice. I'm I'm taking that one. No, but there's a lot of players that there's a lot of players that like have big games, and I always feel disrespected. <laughs> and 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 I know this might sound this might sound crazy, right? But I'll see somebody score. 35, I'll see somebody dish out 10 assists, and I'll be like, yo, I think they're trying to disrespect me. And I'll be like, and, I, and I'll tell my teammates, I'm like, yo, this player, this person did this because I'm watching everything. Like, I'm really, like, I'm really watching every game. So, you know, and I think that's what people don't know about me. I really am a basketball, like, I study basketball, so I'm watching every game. I see everything. And... I feel I always feel disrespected that somebody plays well. Don't even matter if I'm not playing against them. I just take I take it personally. Like yo, this person trying to come at me. I gotta do this, and that's just how I feel about everything when it comes to basketball. You you mentioned that uh, the team's kind of struggling. Um, new new team, and and you know not everybody's uh, you know played well all year. Uh, three and five in the BCL now. Four and seven in Turkey. Um, Ennis Crimson. Uh, wants to know why can't the team give the sort of the expected uh, uh, performance that they're you know what what what's what's sort of the problem why you guys haven't been able to to live up to your expectations yet? Well, we've had a lot of injuries. You know, we we've, we've had uh, a lot of guys a lot of guys with injuries. I've been playing through injuries all season. You know, I've been playing through injuries all season. So like. You know, it's it's been it's been really tough, man. McAdoo going down. You know, guys haven't been practicing together all season because of all the injuries that we've had. You know, uh, but you know now we're finally figuring some things out. You know, uh, and you know it's a long season. You know, you can never you never know what to expect. You never uh, get high too high. You never get too low because things can change or. You know, at the drop, at the drop of a dime. So you know, I think that's why we've been, we've had our struggles. But now, you know, the injuries have have uh, got Matt coming back. You know, Beer Khan will be back in a few weeks. You know, and I think you know you you'll start to see us turn the page. Cool. Yeah, and we we had a lot of fans from, or a lot of questions from Ike fans uh, in Athens. Uh, what, what was the experience like there in Athens? You know, Athens was amazing, man. Great. It, 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 the fans were unbelievable. The food is unbelievable. I had some really great teammates, man. It sucked that we couldn't we couldn't get to the uh, final four, man. You know, we ended up losing at home in that tough one, that nail by the the Tyrese Rice and the. But uh, Athens is an unbelievable place, man. It's magical out there. 
Uh, saw you're a big fashion fan. Uh, also, I saw on Instagram that the that the missus has you in quote sneaker detention. Um, maybe maybe how fun yeah. how fun was <laughs> how fun was living and playing in Milan, which is obviously known for its fashion and and how and does anything compare to Italy fashion wise? No, nothing compares to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> nothing compares to Italy. Italy is uh, Italy is in a, a whole different level when it comes to fashion. You know, that's the fashion capital of the world. So, I mean, you know, you get everything six months early. And when you're playing Paul Armani, you have a different level of status, you know? So I was able to just walk in places and meet different people in the fashion world and, and, and get to really understand how the fashion world works, you know? But when it compares to any place in the world, it'll be uh, we, we also like to ask our interview partners about their tattoos. Um, maybe just some of your favorites and why. Uh... Man, I have a lot of tattoos. Yeah, I got them. I, I got them all. So, so we don't. Uh, I mean, I would. I would say my. Uh, I mean, every tattoo means something to me. But I, I have my nieces and my nephews. I have their names on me, you know, and, and that just reminds me, of, you know, my responsibility. You know that I'm not just doing this for me. I'm doing this for them. You know, that's always, and that's important because my family is everything. All right, so you just, uh, just have a very thick birthday. Uh, so happy birthday, first of all. And Thank you very much. If, uh, if, if 30-year-old Jordan could go back and uh, meet 20-year-old Jordan, what, what would you tell the, the young JT? Oh, I would, I would tell him to stay the course. You know, continue to work hard like you did. Uh, stay the course, man. Keep grinding. Keep keep staying loyal to your family. Keep the ones, keep the friends that you that, that that you call family close, you know, and keep going, you know. Because when I was younger, when I was when I was twenty, you know, uh, I didn't know what what was gonna happen with basketball. I know my dream was to play professionally, you know, but at that age, you don't know if you're going overseas, you're going to the NBA. Everybody's goal is the NBA. You know, I, but I would tell myself, keep pushing forward, understand that Rome is not built in a day and just keep going. Nice. And and you have a, a real history with the Basketball Champions League. We, we talked about this a little bit earlier, uh, but you helped Banvit to the first ever Final Four. You were the MVP of the competition that season. Uh, and, then, and then, of course, you guys ended up losing to Tenerife in the final. Uh, how do you look back on, on that season? Man, I look back on it as as one of the great ones, man. I mean, you know, for, for what we accomplished that year in Bonnet or uh, in the Champions League and the Turkish League, you know, coming you know from a team with one probably the second biggest budget in, in, in Turkish League that year, and to being to I mean to not having high expectations, but you know, for me, my teammates and my coaches just letting me be myself. And letting me lead the group, you know that season was, was, was epic. It was uh, it was it was it was a magical one, and one I think that will go in the, down in the history books. I mean, we didn't we weren't able to get the trophy. You know, it's not easy to play a championship role game, <laughs> but yeah. you know, uh, I, I I I understand I understand it, and it was, it was to me it was amazing. Yeah, and then. Yeah, we we mentioned last year you joined Ike uh, partway through the season, and then now this year you're with Besiktas. Uh, what what do you think about the development of the competition over over the years of, of the BCL? Oh, it's been great, man. I mean, you know, the first year, you know, so you know, the the, the beginning is always the, the beginning is always you know it's, it's a fresh start, something new, so you don't really know what to expect, but. You know, when I knew that we was playing in the, in the Champions League, I wanted to come out and show people that shit. I could do this for real. <laughs> but, you know, the development of the Champions League has been great, man. You got it, – it's so much better talent, and the competition is so much better than from when it started. You know, you go into better you go into better cities. You have better players in the league. You know, when you look across the board now, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm seeing – I'm like, damn, 
you know, the, the, the league is growing so much better. The, the social media has gotten so much better. You know, and to me, you guys are ranking the top in the, so, in the social media and spreading the word about the Champions League, helping the players get noticed, showing us, sending us our highlights so we can post. These are all things that nobody else was doing. You know, you guys have been the leader at that, and I think you guys are, are pushing the, the European basketball culture forward. Let's finish off last two questions. Uh, Besiktas, uh, all three seasons have gotten into the playoffs but never advanced from the round of 16 to the quarterfinals. Uh, how important is it for the club uh, to maybe get to the final eight this time? It's very important, man. I, you know, it's very important, you know, because, you know, for, it's just, you know, I look at it, I look at, I look at it like this. I tell my, my teammates every day that right now we're not playing for this year's contract. We're playing for next season. So if, if you have any goals to, to, to make more money, to go to a bigger team, we have to win games. We have to show people that we can do it at, at, at the highest level. So, you know, it's very important for us to keep, to win, to advance. You know, and, and championships are fun, man. Championships bring out the best in you, bring out the best of your teammates. You know, and that's the that's the mind state right now is to understand that every day we have to come in and work hard so we can fulfill our goals, you know, individually and for the team. You know, and advancing past that top eight and getting to that final four so we can compete for a trophy is, on the, is at the top of the list. But we understand I mean, it's going to take a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, a lot of long hours in the gym, a lot of discipline, and a lot of sacrifice. But it can be done. And the next next uh, game next week is uh, at Saragossa. Obviously, they beat you guys by one point on that last foul uh, on, on Sealy's three. Uh, what do you guys need to do to yep. get the win this time around? Man, we just got to stay locked in and defend. I mean, you know, we can have our struggles on offense, but – you know, you can struggle on offense and still win games if you're playing uh, you're playing great defense. And uh, I think that's what it comes down to. It comes down to us understanding that we all have to be on the same page and we have to play a, a, a high clip of defense and stay together. It's going to be a tough road game. They just got a new addition with my boy uh, Dylan Ennis. And, you know, he's, uh, he, he's an unbelievable player. You know, he's a fun guy, you know. So he's a new addition to and, and that and that's never easy, you know what I mean. So it's going to be fun, man. I'm looking forward to that matchup, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, fantastic, uh, Jordan Theater. Thanks a lot for taking uh, so much time. Again, happy birthday and uh, uh, good luck the rest of the season. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks again to Jordan Theodore for his time. And thanks to all of the fans on Instagram who submitted questions for the interview. Dave, a lot of interesting stuff in there. Jordan was a a great guy to chat with for a while. Uh, What really jumped out to you from that interview? You know, there's so many Americans that come over to Europe and play basketball. And to, to, to go from a guy who, you know, has all of those losses, um, you know, last place, second to last place, last place. Um, and then really to totally change his, um, the, the picture of him career wise, you know, winning, you know, European international competitions, um, you know, that doesn't happen all the time. And, and so that's, that's been really, um, that's been really fun to, to, that was really fun to hear him talk about, you know, how that, how that, you know, you know, going through all those losses and and how sweet that first victory was, the FIBA Europe Cup back with uh, with uh, with Frankfurt. Yeah, really cool story, and it, w- it was great to hear him talk about uh, all of those uh, those big victories. I, I loved hearing him talk about the uh, winning the Turkish Cup with Banvit, where he was like, you know, if we, if we win the first one, we better win the whole thing because otherwise we're just wasting our time here. Uh, so that was that was cool to hear. And like we talked about with Jordan, next week they are. Are on the road at Zaragoza. Big game there, uh, but Zaragoza just lost one at home. So don't be shocked if Besiktas pull off the upset in that game. Looking ahead to game day nine, uh, Dave, there are a lot of great games on the schedule. For Tuesday, I'm excited about Group C, 5-3 and three Nizhny hosting 4-4 four and four Bomberg. 
And then Group D, uh, three and five Pauk hosting four and four Falco. If my prediction of Falco making the playoffs is going to be true, uh, I think this is, this is a great opportunity for them to get a win on the road. Uh, is there anything else from Tuesday's schedule that jumps out to you? Those are the two that I circled, you know. Uh, Bamberg, you know, they're going to need to bounce back. They lost at home to Nimburg. And like you said, Falco, if they want to make the playoffs, they got to steal one on the road and, and you know, Pauk is is really one of the teams where they could do it. And so, um, yeah, that's those are the two I had. All right. And then Wednesday, we've got some powerhouse matchups. Uh, what are you going to be watching on Wednesday next week? Uh, I mean, okay, it, the two easy ones are, are A and B with Sasari at home against Turk Telecom, two six and two teams. And then uh, Ike, uh, Jerusalem, six and two, six and two in Group B. Um, the other one... Uh, uh, I I got four and four Anvil in Group B against uh, Burgos at five and three. Uh, you know Burgos just showed that they can uh, slug it out if they need to on the road, and now they're going to need to uh, to go you know full power and uh, full speed and try to keep up with with Anvil. Um, and uh, I I don't know the status of uh, of uh, Benitez, so but I mean, he's going to definitely need to be there with all those uh, amazing guards uh, and wings that that Anvil have. Yeah, all of those games should be awesome. And also on Wednesday, Bond versus Brindisi, first yep. place versus third place in Group D, and Dijon versus Neptunus, that's second place versus fourth place in Group D. And we mentioned that group right now. Do you think your Neptunus get it done there? you think your Neptunus get on it done? On the road at Dijon? I don't think so. I, th- I think yeah, Dijon give me, give me Give me some more... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not going to bet against David Holston at home. I think uh I th- I think Dijon get that one. Uh so that's going to be awesome in a very tightly contested group D. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks again to Jordan Theodore for joining us this week. Thanks again to the fans who submitted questions for the interview on Instagram. Make sure you go to the official website, championsleague.basketball, to stay up to date on everything you need to know about the Champions League. Check out the official YouTube channel for all of the highlights, and subscribe to livebasketball.tv to watch all of these games live or on demand. There's going to be a break in action after next week uh, with Christmas and New Year's. There will be a couple weeks off, but next week should be amazing as we were talking about. So make sure you stay tuned for the BCL on Tuesday and Wednesday. That's going to do it for this week's episode for David Hein over in Germany. My name is Austin Green, and this has been BCL Coast to Coast. <laughs>